Welcome to the November 2016 edition of the Seton Hall Sports Poll. I'm Seth Everett, along with the director of the Seton Hall Sports Poll, Rick Gentile. We are at the studios of WSOU, the on-campus radio station for Seton Hall University. The poll is presented by the Stillman School of Business, the Sharkey Institute, and it's part of Seton Hall University. Rick is on location, and Rick, let's start off this discussion because, let's face it, With the election over with, I thought we'd be free of the words Trump, Clinton, Obama. Not so in this edition of the poll. Never. I vow that we'll never have a poll without mentioning all three of those. (laughs) No. Um, You know, stuff still seems to be coming up that's that's of interest, and um, I don't know when it's going to end. Yeah, (laughs) well... Uh, let's see what Broadway has to say about it. That's how we take the temperature uh, of, of everybody. This week, uh, the Americans were asked how they feel about the concussion head injury issue in football. This is not a new topic in terms of the poll. This has obviously been a big sports topic. It has obviously been a big topic for the country. However, it has been connected to two statements. So let's go through the statements and then we can get into the results. President Obama was asked about his feelings about if you had a son, would he let would he would you let him play football? And he said he would have to think twice about letting a son play football. President-elect Trump had a statement that head-on tackles in the NFL are incredible to watch, and the league has gone too soft on the issue of head injuries. Rick, you phrased those and connected them to the people who attributed them. Explain the process. Well, yeah, the the um, the Trump comment came uh, just slightly before the election. Actually, the the story was a woman had at one of his rallies had passed out, and um, they, you know everybody rushed to to her side, and he was on stage or whatever at the podium, and he he said, "Is she okay?" And the, and the, you know whatever, and then he said, "She's gonna she'll, she can go on. This isn't the NFL. We're tough here." And then he went on to say what he what he said about the NFL, um, and I I thought immediately that it's so completely different than the the Obama perspective on on the head injury problem, not just in the NFL but in football in general. Um, so we I thought that it was fair to ask the question, and um, the results were that 59 percent of our respondents agreed um, that they. They too, in essence, agreed with the Obama statement that that they'd have to think twice. And um, 23% agreed with the Trump statement. Um, and I thought to myself, I wonder if that will change. If that, if if you know, if more and more people will go to the Trump side, or or what will happen? I, of course, there's no way of knowing. But I guess we'll have to revisit. So let's get into some of the numbers. And uh, it was very interesting that of people responding to the the questions on the poll. agreed with the Obama position, while only 23% agreed with the Trump statement. To clarify by gender, women agreed with Obama over Trump 66 to 17%. Men agreed with Obama 52 to 29%. Is it simply an unpopular opinion? Has America... Do you believe that any person in this country who loves violence, watches violent movies, loves car wrecks, loves to watch things, wouldn't say that to any person on a telephone? I think there is a degree of, uh, of, of, of um, uh, what's the phrase, I guess, of people simply saying 
I, I don't want to say that out loud, but we all know over the years the the um, you know the the NASCAR fan who who roots for the the wreck. Um, you know, it, it, people. The highlights of football games have always traditionally been the big hits. Uh, it's you know long touchdown passes and long touchdown runs and big hits. Those are the highlights. Hockey. What do we see in a hockey highlight at, at night? We see an occasional goal. More often, we see a, a fight. Um, so, so that this that part of this is not new, but the fact that these head injuries have caused so much damage to so many people, you know, to, to the extreme, of course, of suicide. Um, it's hard for somebody to say, "Hey, I think they should ease up," um, but somebody did, and um, and I, and I think more and more fans uh, probably are responding now. They they think it's kind of okay to come out and say, "Yeah." It's not so bad. It's still a majority, obviously, that say, you know, there's concern. But um, I think the, I think the number of people saying that they would like to see the the old head head-on collisions, um, I think it's it's rising. Well, the interesting aspect to to it from my standpoint is, uh, I would love to see collisions if I didn't know they were going to scramble people's brains. Exactly. I, I, I mean, and we did. We used to not know. And now we do know, and now when you see one, you wince because you say, oh, my God, there's a guy who, you know, who's going to have some problems. Do you ever um, believe that they're still covering up the extent, or is everything out on the table by now? I, yeah, I, I, I think it's hard, even in the NFL, I, I think it's hard now to, to be in denial. Um, I, I guess there could always be a spin about how much damage has been caused and how much damage continues to be caused. Um you know, after all, this is their business. This is their livelihood. But, um, but I don't. I, I doubt that there's still tremendous cover up. I don't know how there could be. Well, I don't necessarily know that uh, there's any kind of an end game. Uh, do you see the correlation between concussions? And we'll get to statistics. I don't want to do the poll statistics. Do you see a correlation between concerns about head injuries? And the recent decline in National Football League ratings I, through I think it, through week eleven, it is anywhere between ten and twelve percent down. Yeah, I think it's a factor. I've said before, and I and I continue to say that I think there are a number of causes for the decline in the NFL viewership. And honestly, I really believe that the major cause, and I think head injuries is a factor. Uh, I think the major cause, in my mind, is is lack of compelling matchups. I think they've had. Uh, whether it's parity or whatever, I think the schedule, particularly the primetime schedule, has been, let's just say, less than compelling. Last week, or the week before this this uh, past Sunday, um, they had two great matchups and two great games resulted, and the ratings were up. And there was a lot of, well, it's, everything's okay, the election's over and the NFL's back. Well, it was clear that those two matchups were going to get big ratings. And the truth is, going forward, big matchups will continue to get big ratings. But there aren't enough big matchups, and that's, to me, if I'm the NFL, that's, that's the red flag. That's what I'm looking at and saying, that, boy, we got to do something. Were you interested in the number of reasons why people are declining the games and whether or not that's something that continues to have different answers? Well, yeah, we, we, we actually, con- when we conducted our poll in October, we asked uh, about a number of factors, but we didn't ask that people why they were watching less 
we asked the public why they think ratings are down, you know, a not-so-subtle distinction. This time we actually asked, are you watching fewer NFL games? Um, and then if they said yes to that, we asked a series of questions. Um, the protest of the national anthem being one, too many commercials, which the, the commissioner had suggested was a possible reason, uh, matchups, uh, too many games on, um, and, the, and the presidential election conflict. Now, keep in mind, we did the poll um, after the presidential election, and that one, which got some serious attention last month, only had 3% saying that that was the, that was the, the reason. Um, the, the Kaepernick protest, the national anthem protest um, uh, uh, phenomenon still resonated. It still got 25% people saying that's, that's why they are watching fewer games. Um, again, to me, a remarkable number, but, um, but that still seems to be the leader. Um, Which is amazing to me because uh, I, I look at this as an open and shut case. Statistics will show there are too many games on TV. Yeah, uh, I, think, I, I, I agree. I, I could not believe. I, I, I find that the NFL is oversaturated by ridiculous margins. And I compare it to other sports, and you tell me if you disagree. If you are an NBA fan in Charlotte, you watch the Hornets, you occasionally watch a national game that features the Warriors or the Cavaliers. If you're a baseball fan and you're a Detroit Tiger fan, you have no idea that the Dodgers are playing the Rockies. But in the NFL, if something's happening on a given night and two teams with that logo are on, people feel compelled to watch it. It is to us an astounding number. It's a testament to the NFL's strength but it has to be the reason why there's a difference. Well, I think I think that is a major factor, and I think it's probably it blends right into the other factor, which in my mind is that there are too many games on, and there are not enough good ones. So, and 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 this, you know, you you could argue, well, the exact same situation existed last year, where there were the same the same windows. Um, this year, there I think, and I could be wrong, but I think there were a few more of the the games in London. So those games start at 9.30 in the morning Eastern time, 6.30 in the morning Pacific time. Um, I can, it's hard for me to imagine that, you know, that you're going to watch that, which effectively national game. The late Sunday game is effectively a national game. Sunday night national, Monday night national, Thursday night national. And as you said, the, your, your team is probably not playing in one of those games. And if the matchup isn't compelling, why bother? There's so much on. Why bother? And I think that is the danger area. I remember in the early 80s, I guess it was, the NBA ratings were down. The NBA was on CBS where I was at the time. And we had a summit meeting up at the NBA with, with David Stern and his lieutenants and, and the, the sort of brass of CBS Sports. And we sat down and talked, and David Stern said, you know what I think is wrong? And just imagine this is the commissioner. You know what I think is wrong? There's too many games on. We've got too many national matchups of games that people don't care about. We've got two great teams, the Celtics and the Lakers. We should cut down the number of national exposures, and when we have them, put one of those two teams, if not both, on. And it was like, you know, like a revelation. Okay, yeah, we should do that. That might be where the NFL is. If it's not the Cowboys or the Patriots, or you know, 
or maybe Seattle. I don't you know pick pick a, pick a number of of you know really good teams. You know maybe nobody wants to see a, these some of these national matchups. But then back to the poll, the idea that uh, oversaturation is something that look you have a, a an extensive history in sports media. I have a twenty year career in sports history uh, in sports media. Um, we understand oversaturation. We've we've seen the growth. You know, I, I made the argument on one of the recent podcasts about track the the ratings in Green Bay, Wisconsin. There are no new Green Bay Packer fans. Right. But track the increase in ratings and compare it to the development of the iPhone, because I think that that's the iPhone facilitates gambling, and gambling led to more ratings. I think now the the apps that do the fantasy and the other gambling apps and gambling websites are now mobile friendly. You don't need to see the physical game to know how your team is doing. And that's that's a weird aspect of it, but 10 years ago that didn't exist. Well, you're right. And I, and again, it, it, to me again, these all of these factors are, are are sort of symptoms of the same disease. So, I've got lots of games on. Not 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 enough of them are compelling. And rather than sitting and watching for three hours, whether it's at 9.30 in the morning or, or 8.30 at night, I can just check my app and see how my, my fantasy players are doing or, or get highlights on, on my phone. I don't have to really watch three hours of a game. I don't have a whole lot of interest in And if I think I'm going to miss something, the, the best plays will be, be eminently visible immediately after. So, well, you know, lots of things are factoring, as I've said this is death by a thousand cuts. I don't, I, that's probably a little strong because I don't see the NFL in in, in major trouble. Um, but but there is there is cause for alarm. But the interesting part about it is is whenever there's something that has been arising as a as a subject, the league, the networks, somebody has to address it. W- would the NFL ever admit Thursday night football doesn't work? Monday night football is an institution. Sunday night football has been the best of the three. Would Thursday night football ever – would you be surprised if in the next two to five years the NFL said, you know what, Thursday night football, we're done with that? I would be sh- stunned. I would be stunned. I would be as stunned as I was on, uh, the, on November 8th. Um, <laughs> I, think, I think the fact that the NFL network – is so completely dependent on that live window, that prime time window. The reason that the clearance is what it is among among cable cable systems throughout the country is because there's live football on Thursday nights. Now, some of that is repeated or is, is simulcast, I should say, on NBC and CBS, but some of it isn't. Some of it's exclusively uh, airs on the NFL Network. They simply wouldn't get the kind of clearances, and more importantly, they wouldn't get the kind of subscriber fees that they get if they didn't have live football. Well, um, so that is such an economic issue that um, now that, now you can you can mitigate that by simply taking the package, the Thursday night package, and saying here it is, somebody buy it, give it to somebody who's who's a non-player at this point, who would pay astronomical numbers in rights fees, and that might make up the difference, but. Uh, I, I just don't see that happening in the in the short term. One final note on Colin Kaepernick. Um, Kaepernick came in uh, with the the protests at the very beginning of the preseason. It got so many so many headlines um, that twenty five percent of the people said that's the reason they watch fewer games. Um, 
I find that statistic to be challenging only because I think it's what people answered. I don't think it's the reason people think. Uh, yeah, I, don't, I think it's a phenomenon, honestly. Right. I, think, I think people see it and go, oh, yeah, that's it. Uh, and whether it's because they were turned off by it early in the season and said, I mean, you know, it, look, we, we've done this now twice. We've asked this question twice, and it's gotten similar numbers. So I don't think people are making it up. I think they honestly, e- either they honestly believe that's why they're not watching I don't want to say you're wrong, <laughs> but, <Right. laughs> um, but but I think I think it, it could just be a knee-jerk thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's it. Um, but it, it is kind of a phenomenon, especially, and I've said this before, they don't really see it. First of all, very few, other than early on when Kaepernick first did it, it made the news. They don't see it every week. They saw on September 11th, they, the networks covered the anthems, on November, uh, the, the Sunday after um, Veterans Day, many covered the anthems. ESPN has been known to cover the anthems on Monday nights, but generally speaking, when you watch an NFL game, you do not see the national anthem. No. So it can't. If it still bothers you, you know, you, you kind of want to say get over it and, and go back. If that's why you're not watching NFL, relax. You won't see it. Go back and watch the game. Well, you know, and 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 as for Kaepernick. Um, his decision, and he admitted it, which is that, that and Nick Saban saying he didn't know it was Election Day, um, two of the <laughs> biggest lies you, you, you've ever seen. 50% expressed uh, disapproval over his deciding not to vote in the election. Only 14% showed approval. 30% of African Americans disapproved compared to 58% of white respondents. Um, you know, I, I asked him, and I, I said this to you months ago, I said if he wants to make a statement about society and changes he wants in our society, there are three all-sports radio stations in San Francisco. There is the Today Show, Good Morning America, and every other com- uh, comparable television show that would thumb-wrestle for the chance to have Colin Kaepernick in studio. He has so many platforms. He could have his own shows, his own podcast. He's on Twitter. He's easily able to do whatever he wants, and I want to support his causes. This was not the way to do it. And on top of that, when he didn't vote in the election, I decided not to waste any time on him. Yeah, I think that was a little, to me, that was a, a bit odd. But, um, um, you know, I, I, I guess the counter argument would be the fact that we're still talking about it means that he, that he had an effective platform. You know, if the definition is get people to talk about it, then, then fine. Um, I also agree with your point. If he has something specific to say and wants to get the word out and get people to really understand what he's, you know, what he's about, then then he should use one of those platforms and, and say, here's exactly what I'm talking about. And certainly, the, even if he didn't want to vote, certainly the message sent by voting would, would have been important, as important as not standing for the anthem, for sure. Uh, no, no question about it. Um, tying the election together uh, by a two-to-one margin, respondents cited the Trump election victory as more surprising than the Chicago Cubs World Championship. Now, the yeah. Cubs hadn't won in 108 years, but they were a pretty <laughs> darn good baseball team. Well, I guess Trump had never won. So <laughs> um, I, I, I enjoyed that question. I enjoyed the response. Um, and I probably would have answered the same way. The, the truth is, the Cubs were the favorite going into the season. I think they were. I think the odds were twelve to one against them winning the World Series, but obviously lower than any other team. 
They had the best record in baseball. They won 103 games. So they, it shouldn't have been a surprise by the time they won. Maybe maybe we were better to, to have asked the question in March than, than in November. But, um, but, yeah, more people were surprised by Trump, and I was too. Meanwhile, baseball enjoyed a huge ratings bonanza uh, with the uh, Cubs and Indians. 19% on the sports poll said uh, that the Cubs' victory made them more interested in following baseball. I don't think that will help on a Tuesday night in May when you have nine relief pitchers coming in to strike out 15 guys. Um, I, you know, my arguments about baseball have just been I'm not giving up on the sport. I, I, I covered it for 20 years, but I want it to be a better sport. And when they get a boon in ratings, that doesn't mean all the ills are fixed. Baseball does not get clouded by great ratings. You had two his, uh, historic, iconic franchises and a and one that won that has one of the biggest fan bases in all of sports. Uh, I don't think necessarily baseball's thriving. No, I mean I th- I think you're right um, to a degree. I think that you know that obviously baseball recognizes there's an issue with the length of games. Um, and not just, you know, you'd say length of games, it's almost a knee-jerk thing, but when you're watching a game, the um, the, the, the pitcher-batter matchup changing every at-bat, it, it just has gotten to the point where it's it's difficult to watch. Um, but the, but the, the poll um, indicating that one in five uh, people, you know, 20% is a good number of people who say they will follow baseball more avidly now that, you know, after this, this World Series, that's a great sign now if they can fix you know sort of clean up their shop a little and they obviously have this the collective bargaining agreement is up so maybe something will happen in that process but you know if one in five people say hey i'm going to start following the sport more avidly and you can tighten up that that long game issue you you might be onto something you know and that and the danger sign the flip side of that is well, the Cubs aren't going to play in the World Series every year, and the Yankees aren't going to play, and the Dodgers aren't going to play. Sometimes it's going to be Tampa Bay against, uh, you know, pick a team. Oh, Tampa Bay, Colorado, they'll, they'll, they'll have yeah, it. Yeah, or uh, Pittsburgh. Sure. You know, no, no offense to any of those, no, those teams. But, but you know, there's, the, baseball has an issue with that, where, where ratings are up, you know, when the Red Sox are in it, when the Yankees are in it, when the Cubs are in it. Um, when the Giants played the Tigers, it was the lowest-rated World Series ever. Two years later, um, well, that was that was the, the yeah. Two years later, they played the Royals, and and it would have been the lowest World Series ever if there wasn't a Game Seven. So you know, I mean, it, it, baseball has that's always been a problem. It will continue to be a problem. Well, the interesting one about the Yankees, though, baseball, and this is just for my years at the commissioner's office. Baseball has uh, a better time when the Yankees are in it, but don't win it. If you use the early, the late 90s, early 2000s, uh, 90, uh, 98, 99, 2000, low-rated World Series, 2001, 2003, high-rated World Series. Yeah, well, and, that, you know, they, the Yankees are the team everybody loves to hate. And, you know, Rune Arledge used to say when Howard Cassell was doing Monday Night Football and, and he would get all these complaints, please take him off, I shut off the sound, blah, blah, blah. And he would say it's the highest-rated show on television. And as long as people want to watch to hate Howard Cosell, he's my guy. Yeah. You know, so yeah, that's fine. No, uh, I, 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 I don't, I don't disagree. We did offend somebody though when we said uh, Colorado or Pittsburgh. Uh, right. and I, I, I apologize. Can, no, I can tell you a, qu- a quick story just to show you how somebody has a complaint about everything. When my first child was born, that was eight years ago. Uh, I took a sabbatical, you know, I took a, you know, the, the paternity, you know, two weeks or whatever it was. My first time back on the air, 
the host of the show, and I'm not throwing this guy under the bus. I'm not going to give you his name uh, on the air. I'll tell you off the air. <laughs> but anyway, he, the first thing he said was, uh, "What's uh, congratulations, how's fatherhood? And then he said, what's your daughter's favorite team going to be? And I said, well, as a representative of MLB, I have to remain completely impartial. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to get 30 hats and make a circle. And as soon as she's old enough to crawl, whatever hat she crawls to, that'll be her team. Good luck, Kansas City Royals. (laughs) (laughs) And there were people in Kansas City. Now, Twitter didn't exist. Like this, this social media was in its infancy. But we got emails. We got uh, complaints. Why would you take a shot at the Kansas City Royals? So I'm telling you, we will get it at some point. Yeah, well, um, yeah, but the the truth is that it it is, you know, I've said for years that that with with Major League Baseball and and all the networks, all their network broadcast partners kind of promoting whenever the Yankees play the Red Sox, that's the game of the week. That's the, you know, the the network game. that maybe they'd be better off promoting these great young teams like the Kansas City Royals, like the San Francisco Giants of, of a few, couple of years ago, and hopefully because I am a Giant fan in That's the future. Right. Right. Um, but you know, there's, which you work there's, into there's, every podcast, by the way. Right? Have I mentioned that yeah, before? Yeah. Um, the New York Mets pitching staff. You know, these great young stars out there might not be getting enough attention because because everybody's going for the ratings. You know, it's a, it's a short term fix that creates a long term problem. The Seton Hall Sports Poll is conducted by the Sharkey Institute at the Stillman School of Business at Seton Hall University and is available at the Seton Hall website, shu.edu. Rick, have a great holiday, and uh, I believe this is our last one for 2016, so we'll see you after the new year. You got it, sir. Thank you. That's Rick Gentile, the director of the Seton Hall Sports Poll. I'm Seth Everett, and we'll see you next time.